Union Wesley, we had great church on last Sunday, didn't we? Amen. Great, great, great church. There is um, a writer of a book by the name of Dr. Frank Thomas who uh, has a book. It's an old book, but it's entitled, They Like to Never Stop Praising God. And I think we had one of those kinds of experiences on last Sunday. Amen. The benediction had been given, but, but we just couldn't leave. Just wanted to stay in his presence and worship a little while longer. We thank God for moments like that. Union West, I want to call your attention real quickly back to a portion of scripture that was read for your hearing. I want to read again verses 3, 4, and the A portion of verse 5. 3, 4, and the A portion of verse 5. It says in verse 3 of 2 Kings chapter 7, And there were four leprous men at the entering end of the gate. And they said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? Verse 4. If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit still here, we die also. Now therefore, come and let us fall upon the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live, and if they kill us, we shall but die. The A portion of verse 5. They rose up in the twilight to go into the camp of the Syrians. Amen. You and Wesley, I got a simple, simple title, simple thought today. Uh, I want to just add on or add a number two to the thought we gave you last week. So I want to talk about it's time to make a move. It's time to make a move. Uh, this is number two. Number, number two. That was, it's time to make a move. I guess if you can put a number one in that one. This is number two, uh, but a different text and a different look. It's time. Can you say that with me? It's time to make a move. Yeah, amen. It's time. It's time to make a move. If you and I, Union Wesley, are going to move forward in dimensions or areas of our life, if we're going to move ahead, if we're going to make some progress, hear me this morning, nobody wants to stay in the same place. Nobody wants to stay in the same place all their life. Amen, somebody? Most of us in here, it should be all of us, or to see some area of our life that we want to move forward. We want to move ahead. We want to make some progress from where we are right now. If there's a witness in here today, just say amen. amen. Yeah, so if you want to move ahead, if I want to move ahead, if I want to make progress and you want to make progress in some area of our life, hear me somebody, there's a need for an honest assessment where you are right now hear me you gotta do an honest assessment this 
This ain't about what you think you look like and where you think you are and where you feel you might be. No, an honest assessment of where you are right now. Some people say they want to move forward, but, but really they don't want to take an honest assessment of themselves. There's always something about all of us that needs to change. And the question is, are you and I up for the task of an honest assessment of where we are? You and I can't move forward. We won't make progress without doing a honest or a truthful assessment of ourselves. We must be authentic and genuine and real about where it is we are. Are you listening to me, Union Wesley? I, I ain't getting no amens right here. Just hang on for a moment. The text shares with us these leprous brothers or these leprous men who do an honest assessment of where they are at present. They say in verse 3, if why sit we here until we die? Verse 4, if we say we enter the city, we shall die there. And if we sit still here, in other words, if we don't do nothing, we're going to die if we don't do nothing. So, so somebody is saying, listen, I'd rather die trying than to die and not do nothing. Is there a witness in here today? You, you'd rather die trying than to die because you did absolutely nothing. They say, now let us fall to the host of the Syrians. If they save us, we live. And if they kill us, we die. They do an honest assessment of where they are. They are not where they want to be. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Not where you want to be in some area of your life. Not where you should be in some area of your life. Maybe you're not where you want to be in your career. Maybe you're not where you want to be when it comes to your spiritual matriculation or walk with God. Maybe you are not where you want to be when it comes to your finances and your retirement. Come on, somebody. Maybe you're not where you want to be when it comes to your health. Maybe you are not where you want to be when it comes to your church. Or better yet, when it comes to your ministry. I am not where I should be. This is an honest assessment of where I am. Where I am is not where I want to be or where I should be. Hear me, we must do the honest assessment of ourselves. See, most of us are good at assessing where other people are. But listen, you can't do a darn thing about where somebody else is. 
The only one you can do something about is where you are in some area of your life. So hear me, somebody take your eyes off me. And Michael Jackson said, I'm looking at the man or the woman in the mirror. And I'm asking him or her to change their ways. Doesn't do any good by, by looking and doing a self-assessment of somebody else. Ewing Wesley, can I give you a nugget right here? There is, don't get mad at me there, there's a you that needs to be saved. That you do not want this you to keep showing up. Listen, is there, is there a side of you that you don't like when you see it? I mean, come on, let's be real. Is, is, is there a side of you that when you see him or you see her, you, you almost get disgusted and ashamed that this side, listen, this side of me when he shows up, I get sick. I get sick and tired of this me that shows up. Is there a witness in the house? Can I just run a few of these you that needs to be saved? Hear me, that smart aleck you, that irritating you, that bossy you, that immature you, that won't work unless you can have your own way. I'm talking about is there a you in you that needs to be saved, that self-righteous and holier than thou you, that you that has a short temper, that you that might slip up and cuss, that you that gossips, that negative, pessimistic, fault-finding you. Is there a you in you that needs to be saved? Somebody say, I know that's right. There's a me in me that needs to be saved, that needs to stop showing up. Because the truth of the matter is, this side of me that needs to be saved has shown up long enough. You and I need to do an honest assessment so we can know the side of us that needs to be saved so, so that God can save us from the you that keeps showing up, that should stop showing up. Listen, this is the you that needs to be sanctified. Let me help somebody. It needs to be sanctified. In other words, sanctification means to be made holy. Hear me, there's a sign of us. Every last one of us in here, the pastor included, there's a side of every last one of us that needs to be sanctified and needs to be made holy. Hear me somebody, sanctification ain't no denomination. You say I'm going to the sanctified church. Sanctification is not a denomination. Sanctification is not speaking in glossalia or tongues. Sanctification is not catching the Holy Ghost and falling out. Sanctification is not taking a lap around the sanctuary. Somebody needs to understand that sanctification is a process where God makes me holy and God makes me like him. Is there anybody here that knows you have some areas of your life that you are not like God in these areas those are the areas that God says I want to take the trash out of your life with this area of your life that needs to be sanctified needs to be made holy sanctification is a process 
But God wants to make us holy. And he wants to make us holy so that God can make us healthy. Hear me somebody, he wants to make us holy because he wants to make us healthy. He wants to make us healthy so he can make us useful. So he's got to make us healthy first so he can use us to the fullest capacity that God has gifted us. Sanctification is about God and God using us. Anybody want God to use you? Amen. Hear me somebody. Then God makes us holy. Doesn't make us perfect. Ain't nobody in here perfect. Listen, if, if there ever was a perfect church, somebody said that we ought not join because the moment we join, the moment it ceases to be perfect, I mean, God wants to sanctify. He wants to make us holy. He wants to make us healthy because God wants to make us useful. When God starts dealing with our lifestyle, it is not because you are not worthy, but you and me have some stuff that makes us unworthy. And if we keep on doing it, then the stuff is going to get in the way of God finding usefulness in our life. Hear me, that's the stuff that God wants to clean up and God wants to sanctify our lives from the stuff in us that is not like him. There's a need for you and I, again, to be honest with ourselves about our lifestyle and the needs in us that stand for change. You and me, there is a me that is in me that needs to change. I've been this way in this area of my life long enough. I said, I didn't say you. I have been this way long enough. I procrastinated long enough I've been unproductive long enough I've been getting up every day and every day seems like the day before but I'm not moving anywhere I'm like a hamster on a wheel that's going round and round but I'm not going anywhere listen I've been that way long enough I have to come to terms with the truth about me, because the truth is what God is after. Hear me somebody, the truth, the truth about me, the truth about you, that is what God is after. God don't care if you can sing. He's after a truth in you and me. That needs to change he doesn't care if we can preach he's after a truth about me that needs to change listen God doesn't care if you can play an instrument God doesn't care if you can pray teach and count money God is concerned about a truth about me that needs 
to change. He wants to sanctify me. He wants to make me holy. Hear me, we must courageously confront the truth about us that needs to change. Hear me, at some point, you and I have got to tell the truth about what is in your present state. Hear me somebody, that is lifeless. What area of your life is lifeless or better word, dead? Is there any aspect of your life, your world that is dead as a doorknob? Hear me, you gotta be honest. Because listen, you can paint the picture that is pretty. If really it's ugly on the inside. Listen, hear me somebody. You and I got to be careful that we don't live acting like we okay. When in all actuality we're not okay. Hear me, we must come to terms with what is lacking, what is dead, what is deficient in some area of our life. You may not be able to fix it today. But at least if you admit it now, you're able to start at letting God look at a particular area of your life or to show you a particular area of your life that you and I have not been paying close attention to. Is there any area in your life, hear me somebody, that's dead? That you want God to resuscitate it. Not the preacher, listen, I don't have resuscitation power, but I serve a God who is able to revive, who is able to bring dead things back to life. What are you talking about? Hear me, if God can raise Jesus from the dead after three days, then I believe that the God that I serve is able to resurrect any and everything that's dead and lifeless in my world. He is able to resuscitate. He's able to restore. He's able to bring life back to it. So hear me somebody, it ain't over. Hear me, ain't nobody tuning up to sing. The curtains have not closed. The God that we serve can revive. The God that we serve can resuscitate. And the God that we serve can bring it back to life. Anybody believe that today? Listen, I know that we shout about it on Easter and we come in here with our Easter clothes. But do you really believe that God is able to resurrect the dead? I'm telling you, if you believe that, then whatever you face in your life that looks lifeless, that's looked like it's dead, you ought to say, in the name of Jesus. Hear me, there's power in the name of Jesus. He's able, he's able to bring it back to life. Hey Wesley, can I give you another nugget? Hear me, if you and I are going to move forward, we must have healthy ambition. Catch the operative word is healthy. Which is to suggest that there must be some unhealthy ambitions. No, we don't want the unhealthy. We, we want healthy ambitions, healthy aspirations, healthy desires and goals. Hear me, we want...
want the healthy ones, which really are the things that God wants for you. Are you with me today? Therefore, you and I, again, we must seek healthy ambitions. The healthy ambitions in this text, the four men who should have been preparing to die. But instead, they are preparing to live. Hear me, somebody. This is not the season for you to be preparing to die. Because your situation or what is going on around you and what you're going through. Hear me, hear me. No, healthy ambition says, I ain't preparing to die. But I'm preparing to live. These men should have been preparing to die. But they're preparing to live because they're talking about eating. And they're talking about living. Listen, you don't risk a future if you expect to die. If they said, if we go into the enemy's camp, they might spare us. Why go into the enemy's camp if you expect to die and you expect not to live? If they go into the enemy's camp and expect the enemy to kill them, that is a suicide mission. If I go, I expect the enemy to kill me, that's, that's a suicide mission. But the text said, they said, if we go into the enemy's camp, they may spare us. That is not about dying, that is about living. I only want to be spared if I believe it's going to get better. Hear me somebody, I only want the Lord to spare my life. If I believe in my heart of hearts, I don't care what it looks like, how bad it seems, I believe, spare me Lord, because I believe it's going to get better. Anybody dealing with something heavy? Anybody dealing with some weighty situation? Anybody dealing with something traumatic that, listen, you wouldn't wish this on your own worst enemy? Hear me, it makes you cry every time you think about it. Every time you think about what you're faced with and what you're dealing with. Hear me, but you have the audacity to believe. As bad as it is, as painful as it might be, I believe it's going to get better. In other words, I believe it won't always be like this. Hear me, it won't always be this painful. It won't always be this difficult. Hear me, somebody, it is going to get better. A person with a healthy ambition will always have this edge without being edgy. They'll have this edge without being edgy. Tense, nervous, testy, uptight. That's what I mean when I mean edgy. But when I'm talking about somebody being on edge, I'm talking about having an advantage. I'm talking about being so sharp and so keen to your relationship with God. Did you believe that the God that you serve, whatever you gotta go through, listen, you coming out of this, and hear me, if God doesn't deliver you from it, what I've discovered about God in 53 years of living is whatever God does. 
strength so that I might be able to bear it and to hold up under pressure. Is there somebody here? God did not deliver you, but he's given you strength to hold up under pressure. Is there anybody here? The reason you're standing is because God is propping me up. It's not me, but it's the Lord who gives me the strength and enables me to stand. He gives me an edge and advantage is what he does. And, and folk look at you and they think you're crazy. Anybody know what I'm talking about? People look at you and think you're just as crazy as you want to be. They think you ought to be in one of those uh, institutions with one of them jackets where you can hug yourself. Uh, listen, they, they think you are just crazy. Hear me, they, they even call you crazy. They say that you're crazy. Even though they may not say it to your face, they whispering behind your back calling you crazy. And you ought to go to work and you ought to go home and tell them, listen, I may be crazy, but the God that I serve does some crazy things. Anybody know we serve a God who does some ridiculous and crazy stuff? So go ahead and call me crazy. My God's so crazy, he split the water with a stick. You called it a rod. My God is crazy that he makes walls to come down with just a holler. The God that I serve does crazy stuff. You and I have healthy ambition, not unhealthy, but healthy ambitions. Hear me, we're unwilling to settle. You say things like, I ain't taking this. You say things like, just because you offer this to me, doesn't mean I'm taking it. Hear me, everything you, you offer me, everything you give me. I don't take it. Hear me. If, if God says yes, then I'll say yes. But if God says, don't you take it. Hear me. I'm, I'm not taking it. Hear me. You and I must be able to want healthy ambitions. Now, I don't care about anybody else. But God has given me value. People don't let them determine your value. Because when you and I let people determine our value, we will always be less valuable to them. And you'll find yourself trying to live up to somebody else's expectation. Listen, baby, you don't set my value. Hear me, the God that I serve sets my value. And he says in his word, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You may not like uh, how big my nose is, how thick my lips are. You may not like the texture of my hair. You may not like my stature. But let me tell you, God made me and he's given me value hear me somebody I'm almost done but can I give you one more nugget hear me let me give you another nugget um, you and I have to be unwilling to starve you and I cannot accept starvation we, we cannot starve these men said if we stay here, we're going to starve. When you finally reach a place of being authentic and healthy, you will not accept starvation in any area of your life. Hear me, that 
means I'm not going to keep going without. I don't know what it is. But if I need it, I'm not going without anymore. Hear me somebody. I ain't going to keep depriving myself. I'm not going to keep being in lack. And never having enough. Anybody know what that's like? Always short. You never have enough. Hear me. The God that I serve wants to take you from never enough to more than enough. He don't want you to stay in lack and never have enough. Hear me, you and I walking around in lack and never having enough. We looking at people looking like we happy, but we're sad on the inside. Walking by people wishing we were somebody else. Listen, the devil is a liar. I don't choose starvation and being deprived and being needy anymore. Hear me, you can starve emotionally. Hear me, literally to the place where you feel unfulfilled, unappreciated, and unaccepted. Come on and talk to me, somebody. You can be in a crowded room, but feel like you're all by yourself. Hear me, when you and I are starving, God doesn't want us walking around starving. Hear me, as long as you tell the truth about your starvation, God can give you the courage to deal with what you and I need to deal with. Listen, I cannot starve in this place no more. I can't stay in this place any longer. I can't stay in this place until I die. I refuse to starve anymore. I'm done. I'm, I'm not starving. I'm not being deprived and going without anymore. Hear me somebody, I will not starve. You know why you will not starve? Or why you should not accept starving? Because hear me, people that are starving will eat anything. People that are so hungry, people that are starving will eat anything catch me somebody and from anybody's table you don't have to be clean you can be nasty but because I'm starving so I'll eat any old garbage and I'll eat from anybody's table even if the food ain't no good for me when you starve other people then choose to feed you or not other people choose to stop meeting your needs they take you for granted hear me somebody you ought to never be in a place where you allow yourself to starve and hear me somebody can I talk to some married folk in the room I'm, I'm done but can I talk to some couple some married folk somebody wave at me if you're married I want to talk to some married people hear me married folk you ought to go home today and feed your spouse you ought to take care of him and take care of her because hear me if you let him go starving somebody else will feed him somebody else will feed her 
if you don't feel like it, you better take care of him or take care of her. Go home today and feed your spouse. What are you saying, preacher? Feed them love and appreciation. Feed them a thank you. Feed them you know you're beautiful, girl. Feed them some compliments. Because hear me, when you feed them, they just like a dog or a cat. They keep on coming back because you keep on feeding them. If you want to know what your problem is, it's time to start feeding your spouse. They'll keep coming back. If you feed them, somebody say, I know that's right. They'll keep coming back if you keep on feeding them. Can I tell the truth this morning? The reason I keep coming to this church is because every Sunday I show up, I get fed, and I keep showing up if you feed me. That's why they watch on live stream because you keep feeding me and I be like a dog or a cat. I keep on showing up because you feed me. Somebody said bread of heaven. Bread of heaven. Feed me until I want no more. Bread of heaven. Bread of heaven. Feed me until I want no more. God will satisfy you. God will take care of every need. Did you hear what I said? Of every need. Of every need you got. Amen. I said amen. Amen. Let, let the church say amen. Yeah, he'll, he'll feed you. Yes, he will. You'll... You don't have to starve. You don't have to stay where you are. It's time to move. You've been where you are long enough. The relationship has been where it is long enough. Come on, it's time to stop kicking the can down the road. We've been doing this long enough. And it's time to make a move.